Hello and welcome to Newman's Thoughts, a multimedia reading project from the Newman Institute for Catholic Thought and Culture to promote the thoughts and ideas of our patron saint, John Henry Newman. I'm Patrick Callahan, director of the Newman Institute. Today is day seven, and I'm reading section one of Discourse One to St. John Henry Newman's The Idea of a University. I'm reading from the Clooney Media edition of The Idea of a University. You can follow along with this or any other edition, or even online via our daily email. St. John Henry Newman, The Idea of a University, Discourse 1, Introductory. In addressing myself, gentlemen, to the consideration of a question which has excited so much interest and elicited so much discussion at the present day as that of university education, I feel some explanation is due for me for supposing, after such high ability and wide experience have been brought to bear upon it, that any field remains for the additional labors either of a disputant or of an inquirer, if, nevertheless, I shall venture to ask permission to continue the discussion, already so protracted, it is because the subject of liberal education, and of the principles on which it has been conducted, has ever had a hold upon my mind, and because I have lived the greater part of my life in a place which has all that time been occupied in a series of controversies, both domestic and with strangers, and of measures, experimental or definitive, bearing upon it. About 50 years since, the English University, of which I was so long a member, after a century of inactivity, at length was roused, at a time when, as I may say, it was giving no education at all to the youth committed to its keeping. To a sense of the responsibilities which its profession and its station involved, and it presents to us the singular example of a heterogeneous and an independent body of men setting about a work of self-reformation, not from any pressure of public opinion, but because it was fitting and right to undertake it. Its initial efforts, begun and carried on amid many obstacles, were met from without, as often happens in such cases, by ungenerous and jealous criticisms, which at the very moment that they were urged were beginning to be unjust. Controversy did but bring out more clearly to its own apprehension the views on which its reformation was proceeding and throw them into a philosophical form. The course of beneficial change made progress and what was at first but the result of individual energy and an act of the academical corporation gradually became popular and was taken up and carried out by the separate collegiate bodies of which the university is composed. This was the first stage of the controversy. Years passed away, and then political adversaries rose against it, and the system of education which it had established was the second time assailed. But still, since the contest was conducted for the most part through the medium, not of political acts, but of treatises and pamphlets, it happened as before that the threatened dangers, in the course of their repulse, did but afford fuller development and more exact delineation to the principles of which the university was the representative. In the former of these two controversies, the charge brought against its studies was their remoteness from the occupations and duties of life, to which they are the formal introduction, or in other words, their inutility. In the latter, it was their connection with a particular form of belief, or in other words, their religious exclusiveness. Living then so long as a witness, though hardly as an actor, in these scenes of intellectual conflict, I am able to bear witness to views of university education, without authority indeed in themselves, but not without value to a Catholic, and less familiar to him, as I conceive, than they deserve to be. And while an argument originating in the controversies to which I have referred may be serviceable at this season to that great cause in which we are here so especially interested, to me personally, it will afford satisfaction of a peculiar kind, for though it has been my lot for many years to take a prominent, sometimes a presumptuous part 
and theological discussions, yet the natural turn of my mind carries me off to trains of thought like those which I am now about to open, which important though they be for Catholic objects and admitting of a Catholic treatment, are sheltered from the extreme delicacy and peril which attach to disputations directly bearing on the subject matter of divine revelation. Thanks for listening to Newman's Thoughts. To discover more about today's readings or to download this season's reading guide, visit www.newmansthoughts.com. This has been a production of the Newman Institute for Catholic Thought and Culture, an apostle of the Diocese of Lincoln in partnership with St. Gregory the Great Seminary and the UNL Newman Center, St. Thomas Aquinas Church.